Hi and welcome to the Captain's Log with Captain Upendra Gokte. My name is Ishan and today I'll chat with Captain Gokte about his experiences while visiting Port Antwerp. The Port of Antwerp is the second largest port in Europe in terms of freight volumes. It's located on the right bank of the river Schkelt, about 88 kilometers southeast of the North Sea. And the port is a major gateway to Europe. It is owned and operated by the Antwerp Port Authority. The port connects other major European ports as it is strategically situated in the center of Northwest Europe. The port is accessible to Cape size vessels. The port of Antwerp offers 1,474 tanks with the capacity to store 3.6 million cubic meters of liquid bulk cargo. So, welcome to this week's episode, Captain Gokte. Hi, Ishan. Morning. Thank you for uh, having me here once again. Our pleasure. So, could you start by telling us when was the first time you visited this particular port? 1982. 1982. I, I wow. joined CA in 1977, mm -hmm. but it was 82 till I physically actually uh, visited Antwerp. Wow. 82 was also the year you got married, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in fact, uh, after doing the ship that came here, I, uh, of course, uh, we got married. Wonderful. So yeah, it's all the ball is in your court. Would you like to share your experiences about this uh, wonderful port? There will be, there are not just one visit. Uh -huh. uh, since 82, the visits began. And they were uh, by, by the sea uh -huh. and also uh, by air as, a, as my roles change. And to tell you uh, mainly about memories, Mm -hmm. The memories about Antwerp are very interesting in the sense, my first visit in the sense, uh, in if we can call imagination was in 1976. Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to figure out what Merchant Navy is, so I used to read some shipping advertisements, advertisements in India. And there used to be often shipping companies uh, advertisements for general cargo ships. Nowadays they are replaced by container ships. And they, they used to be a typical trade called our ships going to UK and continent. And this continent part was then inclusive of Antwerp as one of the prominent ports. Mm -hmm. Antwerp, Hamburg, Rotterdam and so on. And so I had heard of it that way. Then I used to open the map and see where the port was. And then uh, since 82, of course, the visits began by the sea first. And then later in the 90s, when I started doing uh, superintendency and port captaincy jobs, uh, a number of times, of course, I had to travel to Brussels, then go to Antwerp, and then go on to ships, sometimes sail on the ships to do audits, or sometimes stay there and handle multiple ships. Because uh, I think your introductory uh, uh, remarks about or the information about Antwerp are so rich and so current that uh, you already said a lot about this port. And uh, the memories are uh, full of, uh, you know, significant experiences of the, the sheer experience of Antwerp when you approach by the sea or you approach by the road, by air. So it was, it's very rich, not only in trade and activity, but also a number of uh, uh, experiences, one can say. Could you define rich when you say the port was very rich? 
What was yeah, the rich about rich the port? In the sense, you make—I uh, mean, it sounds a little complicated here—but if you literally walk down the streets in any city, uh, if we call it as Antwerp, and if you—I uh, tend to look down and walk a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, while walking, because maybe I think a lot, and a lot of brainstorming happens in the head. So literally, each square centimeter uh, could be could be. Uh, uh, you know, speaking to you of the history, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of history, mm -hmm. and so it is rich in the sense, it is rich historically. So many mm -hmm. things have happened there, mm -hmm. uh, culturally, historically, and uh, trade-wise, uh, even the world wars, if you call, a lot of significant things have happened there, including some of the current, uh, you know the uh, fundamentalist attacks which happened in the neighboring countries and then there were police actions in these areas and I was walking down the road and some of them uh, the raids and all were happening around us and my job was of course to go to the ship and uh, you know to look after the ship's business. But there were raids actually happening when you were when you were entering in? How, how did it This appeal? is in the recent years. Okay. This is in the recent years you know in France and uh, Belgium in this area. They were fundamentalist uh, terrorist, uh, how to say, incidents. And uh, there were a lot of raids on the sleeping cells or whatever the security, uh, you know, the security world may call. And uh, I saw those, some of those raids happening. And maybe in the movie you can hear a background sound and uh, a kind of uh, uh, ambience is created by the producers or directors, but in reality, you are just going about your normal work. You have got things to do ahead of you. And suddenly you hear snap, snap, dum, doom, dum, doom, mm -hmm. and action. So I saw some of those raids by actually uh, cycle, uh, bicycle, uh, you know, riding security people, mm -hmm. and they nabbing some of the uh, suspects. And so those things also, it's not just that. Quick question, are you allowed to use Google on the ships? Can on the ships, yeah, yes, Google is allowed, of course. The reason I'm asking is, how did you know, mm -hmm. or, did, or rather, did you know what was exactly happening at the time? So, <laughs> uh, I would imagine uh, being on the ship, entering a port, and watching some military or police action happening on the shores, uh, how would the staff, how would the sailors or crew on the ship know what is going on? I mean, it could be a military coup, or it could be just chasing down... A criminal <laughs> or maybe chasing off protesters so um, wouldn't that be uh, pretty scary wouldn't that bring in anxiety to a few people uh, if they didn't have Google at their disposal to quickly check well what is going on right now <laughs> okay you you asked uh, very interesting you opened up Pandora's box actually <laughs> and uh, number one at that time I was not coming by the sea I was coming by airport mm -hmm. uh, to Brussels and then by air into uh, Brussels and then to Antwerp by road and then going then holding on there in the in the in the hotel for maybe one day and then going to the ship when she docked mm -hmm. and then I was coordinating I was monitoring the ship's movement as she came in from Vendelar down the river and then I was to go and do operational audit and then of course based on that do gap analysis teach talk etc etc ship related uh, uh, you know business uh, mainly enhancing the uh, human human resource and their 
existing skills taking to the next level. But uh, you talked about Google. Yes, Google is very enriching uh, if used correctly, absolutely smartly. But before Google also, when I was uh, part of the ship's complement, I was coming as a, as a junior officer, as a senior officer, as a captain, I used to have my multi-band Sony, uh, you know, radio. Mm -hmm. it, it was like a small brick, very thin, but it had some many, many bands actually. And uh, interestingly, while coming to some of the countries, I had to declare it because it, it could also receive some bands like SSB, uh, though it was off the shelf. What, what is SSB band? Sorry? Single side band. Okay. And uh, so on the shortwave radio, even in the open sea, I was a big listener of BBC World News. And also we could hear a lot of world news. So we were in a way, at least I was aware of what was happening. And I must say that was the time when BBC News was focusing on just news, <laughs> unlike what it has uh, become a little bit today, but that's another topic. So it was pretty useful back in the day to receive headlines and to know to be up to date yes, as, to, as to what is happening. In fact, and in fact, I used to write a ship's newspaper for my crew based on that. Mm -hmm. So I used to go on jotting down the news headlines and uh, so small summaries and I used to make it. So coming to Antwerp, I was already aware of uh, things happening in Paris and also there were some, some attacks I don't know pinpointly, pointedly, but I was alert because then there, is, there are of course extra screening, extra security, you are aware of all this. And then I had to wait because sometimes then we have to do extra paperwork uh, because of extra, uh, you know, enhanced security measures if you are going to the ship. And then, uh, my hotel was very close to the uh, the central station uh -huh. uh, in, in Antwerp. It's a very, very, very famous edifice. It is four-story railway station. Uh -huh. And like you said, the connectivity of Antwerp. By the railway station also, you you know, you're connected to the whole of Europe. All the way you can go up. Hang on, so did you say four-story railway station? Yes. Interesting. It is, it is. And the architecture is so good, so good. Though I'm not an architect, mm -hmm. but aesthetically, uh, I'm, how to say, I feel good when I see things done very neatly, nicely, aesthetically, and with due respect to the local culture, history. So all that is there. So it's, it's a beautiful combination of modernity, as well as uh, the cultural heritage of that area, and which has survived so many, like I said, wars and uh, onslaughts and also good times. This uh, one thing about one area of very famous area of Antwerp is the diamond area. Diamond area? Diamond area, some of the richest of the, rather some of the priciest of the diamonds are cut there by some of the best of the best of the uh, diamond cutters mm -hmm. themselves. And uh, of course I don't get to see, but you, you come to know that this hub, this area is mainly into diamonds and diamond trading. Uh, the bikers, bicycle, how to say, riding citizens, they uh, they are on the bike lanes. Like right now, we are sitting in Melbourne, and uh, frankly, here I would say you hardly see any bike riding people. Mm -hmm. uh, over there, it is like uh, I don't know if you have been to Vietnam any time, but the way you see mopeds going in Vietnam, mm -hmm. 
bikes go within the bike lane in some of the highly concentrated areas of uh, uh, Antwerp, and they really go at full speed. <laughs> so they're, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a part of their daily life. So that road was very close. That bike route was very close to where I was staying, and I used to walk walk about a lot, catch a coffee on the typical if it's a sunny day. Just sit there and then that brings me to, reminds me of a coffee shop. Uh, it was named Einstein Coffee. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so I got curious. I had only heard that Einstein had passed through this place. But later I uh, just, you know, used Google and looked up the history. And indeed, just before the, uh, you know, the uh, Nazi atrocities heightened, uh, uh, Einstein had successfully escaped on a ship from uh, Europe via Antwerp. So there are memories of that too. And so it's, it's, it's wonderful. That is as far as the, these memories. How would you rate the coffee? <laughs> are you a coffee person for starters? Uh, yes, <laughs> I am coffee person in the sense... Uh, and what, what coffee do you prefer usually? Uh, absolutely long black you can say. And black coffee. Uh, do you remember if you had the same at, at Einstein Cafe? Einstein Cafe, no. It's actually like a takeaway part. Oh, okay. But the one I had was uh, a small cafe mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, chairs in the mm-hmm. open. And I just sat across facing the passing uh, traffic and people mm-hmm. and everybody so busy through the, uh, you know, the ancient buildings and the small routes. Uh, later, when I last went there, that entire area was being dug up for modernization. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it stands today, but uh, my memories go to about till, until four years ago. And Antwerp, uh, as you said, is full of trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. By sea, when you enter, you uh, actually, if you look up the map, you may not see it, but if you see the maritime surface map, it is somewhat like a very busy road junction. Mm-hmm. The entrance is uh, from the North Sea comes between Holland and France area. And then you join through the sea area called Vandelar, which has got a lot of strong currents. Often there is fog, a lot of traffic, sea traffic. And uh, uh, it is well regulated, absolutely mm-hmm. well regulated. And also there are some production platform, North Sea oil field, uh, production areas. So there are different different regulations and a lot of sea boundaries from different countries. So uh, when you are coming by the sea, it's a different experience. You are used to very gusting winds. You are used to a lot of uh, uh, currents. So you are alert. Mm-hmm. You are all the times uh, you know, watchful about how is the ship behaving. You are watchful that you are not drifting away from your intended coastline and so on. So as a bridge team, you're having the typical dialogue mm-hmm. of navigators. You're in contact with the engine room if uh, you know certain variations are required. And then you pick up the local pilot. Then the pilot takes the vessel down the, uh, the Scheldt River up to Antwerp. Along the way, you see a huge, there are cooling towers of uh, huge power station. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, if you go into Google, you come to know a lot of stories about it, uh, what all things went around it. But for us, it's a navigational mark. You go around it 
and then you enter the locks. Mm-hmm. And locks are the ones where uh, the local water level in the local docks of uh, Antwerp port are maintained at all times. So, mm-hmm. so they are not affected by the sea rise and fall uh, within the river itself. Mm-hmm. So then you are inside this. Now these docks in today's world, that is where you start seeing the, uh, the modern world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no, uh, you know, the windmills of the olden era. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are now probably parts of the, uh, you know, historically, uh, heritage-wise preserved uh, things. But what you see are huge windmills, massive, massive windmills, and you see a lot of petrochemical tank farms. Uh, then there are dogs full of uh, simple trading. Uh, Belgium is not making them, not uh, processing them, but they are simply the, the traders within the Antwerp area, mm-hmm. uh, using those warehouses to import, maybe uh, you know resale or transfer or whatever. They are also connected by waterways all the way to, like I said, you can go up to Eastern Europe, you can go to North, you can go to the South and there is uh, the European waterway network that is also connected here and they all can carry all these modern uh, chemical cargoes, gas cargoes, uh, container cargoes and the required expertise is available there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is interesting is at times you feel there are no dock boundaries or port boundaries mm-hmm. but they are, they are so efficiently monitored that one may wonder for immigration sake if you have to go nearly three to four kilometers away and process the you know the crew you want to mm-hmm. either bring in or they are going out and how are they managing but they are very watchful the enforcement is very efficient high tech and uh, it is about the pollution it is about uh, the human beings it is about the cargoes and uh, all, all kinds of modern technology like, uh, you know, the laser radar based uh, crops may be used, drones may be used for monitoring the whole port and also the uh, surrounding areas. So there is extremely good governance. So on one hand, the memories I would say, would say are about the, the time you spend in the city where you see multicultural population and also there are these uh, well-known historically famous districts such as the Diamond Park or the Industrial Park and uh, the local specialties uh, like the ways of commuting, a very high sense of uh, environmental friendliness Mm -hmm. and also uh, on the seaside there is this maritime uh, trading culture. Like some of the countries you go, you see that there are sailors themselves. In Antwerp, frankly, I didn't see many uh, people into the ships running themselves. There are, of course, they have their own experts. But what you see more uh, uh, that catches your eyes is the trading expertise. And with Brexit, I hear, I think, Antwerp is gaining a lot of importance and it will continue to thrive. Uh, in, in conclusion, Captain Gokte, would you like to tell us uh, very briefly 
Um, any changes that you have seen through the decades of your travel to Antwerp uh, based on how it was? And well, you have definitely told us how it is now and more about the modern times, but uh, probably the first time when you visited those memories, um, would you say it's any different today? Has it come a long way or has it really held on to what it used to be? There is definitely a lot of difference and that is mainly because of the use of technology. Mm -hmm. uh, communication, the way, uh, the roles have changed also. Say the ship's agent coming on board. Earlier it used to be agent used to come with one set of uh, duties or his expertise. Now they, that person is like a walking office himself. Mm -hmm. He or she can make decisions and they can on the spot uh, respond very accurately because they have data at hand. So uh, the connectivity, the accuracy, the ease of making business has, has improved multifold. Mm -hmm. And number two is uh, environmental, uh, environmentally friendly mm -hmm. business doing. Has, was also again, it was great and it has even become better and better. It is, uh, uh, they are very strict about it and it is really good to see that. The multicultural, is, uh, the multicultural nature of the, uh, the population has increased mm -hmm. than before. Right. Of course, yes. The, uh, uh, there are a lot of influx from people from all over the world and that you see also. Mm -hmm. So yes, Antwerp to visit anytime continues to be very interesting mm -hmm. and it's unique. Well, we would in, definitely in like to visit with you next time. Oh, in fact, we would like to visit all the ports with you so we can relive all the experiences that you just spoke about. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's really so nice that uh, uh, like you know I get to talk here and it's about the memories and it is not naturally tourist like it's not necessarily old information like but in a relaxed manner to share uh, what immediately springs up to the mind I hope uh, you found it very interesting oh, and yes let's look forward to chatting a lot absolutely well you see there are a lot of travel logs now uh, travel vlogs video logs nowadays uh, that give us a perspective from uh, as a tourist but to get a perspective from a captain from someone who has visited first uh, from the ship or has traveled by plane and then joined the ship at the port it just gives us a very different perspective altogether especially the points to take away today were the historic importance and the remains or the history that showcases or spells out the war and maybe the conflicts in the region, but also that tells us about the increasing multiculturalism, the coffee culture, well, the diamonds, of course. And next time, if you're proposing to someone with a diamond, well, maybe you could get one cut in Antwerp. And of course, what's really important to the world today, and that is businesses that are looking at sustainable solutions and environmentally friendly solutions. So seeing that growth really gives us uh, a really good hope about the, the positive direction in which this port or this area is growing. So thank you once again, Captain Gokte, for sharing your experience and to our listeners uh, for joining us today. So thank you, everyone, and we will see you in the next episode. Until then, stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you, Ishan.